0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. In light of Hamas attacking Israel, I found it uh, proper or, or being led by the Lord to speak to you this afternoon make sure we can understand some things concerning Israel and the importance of Israel in Bible prophecy and biblically how the Bible lays some timelines out for the end times. So we're going to be talking about that this afternoon. If you can get in your Bible, Matthew 24. That will be our first spot for this evening. Matthew chapter 24. The Bible says in Matthew 24, in verse number 14, in this Gospel of the Kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Matthew 24 speaks about the end times. The last days of Israel does not speak about the last days of the church. I'm going to speak to you regarding this so we can get some understanding. Before I do, just want to ask the Lord's blessing. Lord, I ask you to be with me as I open up your word, and I pray that you would help me divide it out in an understandable, right way. So your saints and myself can get some help in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want to remind us, and we have everything, Matthew 24, Matthew 25, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 5, all verse by verse, in-depth teaching on this. But tonight we're going to get some overview of some things. And some by way of review, I need to say that we, we don't, as Christians, we don't go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom. That gospel of the kingdom is the good news that God is going to set up an earthly, physical kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is earthly and it's physical. It's it's a literal, physical kingdom. It was preached by John the Baptist when he came on the scene. It was preached by Jesus Christ when he walked this earth during his earthly ministry. It was preached by the apostles as they walked this earth during the ministry of Jesus Christ. And it was specifically to this gospel of the kingdom. It was specifically to the nation of Israel. Now, when something happens in the news from Israel, ever since I can remember and further back than I can remember, somebody that claims to be an expert in Bible prophecy is going to write a book And then they're going to make the church fit into Matthew 24. And Matthew 24 isn't the last days for the church. This kingdom gospel, (laughs) it refers to kingdom. What's the first part of that? King. It refers to Jesus as a king. It refers to Christ setting up a kingdom. When He came to this world, and He came as what? The first time. As a king or as a suffering servant? Suffering servant. He did not come as a king. And I know people want to sing joy to the world and king and all this at at Jesus' birth, but it has absolutely nothing to do with His birth. The hymn is doctrinally true. It's a beautiful hymn. But it has to do with him coming as king. It had absolute, that that hymn has absolutely nothing to do with his birth. He's going to come as a king, he hasn't come as a king yet. So this gospel of the kingdom of heaven is future. It's going to happen in the future. What future? When Christ comes the second time, he's coming as king. He will set up an earthly kingdom and it will be here for 1,000 years. Um, It was very much emphasized during Christ's earthly ministry, Jesus and the apostles specifically referred to it as the glad tidings of the kingdom. The kingdom was at hand. Why? Because Christ was right there. He, He was right there. But they rejected him. They wanted him to set up the kingdom but they didn't want him. So they rejected him and they crucified him. The other reason why we don't preach the gospel of the kingdom is because we're not apostles and we're not Jesus where we're preaching this kingdom this gospel of the kingdom where it where it always is associated with signs, wonders and miracles. And look at this in Matthew 4 so you can see it. Every time Jesus and the apostles spoke about the kingdom of heaven or preached this gospel of this future kingdom. Matthew 4, look at verse 23. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The, Jesus wasn't preaching that his death, burial, and resurrection. He didn't die, he wasn't buried, and he hasn't resurrected yet. He's on the earth, and he's preaching a kingdom gospel. And it says, And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. It was always, this kingdom gospel was always associated and confirmed with signs, wonders, and miraculous healings. Matthew chapter 9 gives us uh, the same glimpse of that. Look at Matthew 9.35. The Bible says in Matthew 9.35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. John the Baptist, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Christ the Messiah is coming on the scene. Get your life right. <laughs> and that baptism under repentance. And John preached that gospel of the kingdom. Jesus Christ preached that gospel of the kingdom. And so did the apostles. But it didn't have anything to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That had no association with the kingdom gospel. It was simply the good news regarding the nature of Christ's coming kingdom. What happened to that message? What happened to it, folks? Did it just disappear? It was set aside. Why? Well, the disciples fled. Jesus. John the Baptist, he had his head cut off. (laughs) Jesus went to the cross and died. They rejected the Messiah. They rejected it. And the nation cried what? We'll have no king. That nation said, We will have no king but who? Caesar. So that message is put aside. We don't want you as our king. So they crucified him. We'll have no king but Caesar. Ah, Look at this, the king of the Jews. Be careful. So they put him on the cross and they crucified Christ. Does that nation have a king that's coming? (laughs) Yeah, he does. So that gospel of the kingdom is now, it's been set aside. And it's not for us to preach. We would not be going down to Sparta preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And in Matthew 24, it says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached the worldwide proclamation of that message was still in its future form. Jesus says very clearly, it shall be preached. Now I'm pointing that out because if you go to the book of Colossians, go to the book of Colossians and the first chapter, Colossians chapter number one, Because in contrast to the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, we have another gospel, it's the gospel of grace. And remember we did those lessons on the difference between the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven, you know, we just went through, it's a physical, literal, earthly kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? That's within. That is also a literal kingdom. Where does it reside? on earth or in heaven it resides in the third heaven that kingdom of god it's a kingdom that we can't see that's why luke 21 says it's within when you get saved you receive that holy spirit that kingdom of god is within the kingdom of heaven is without earthly physically so I said that to get us back to Colossians or to give us, lay some foundation for Colossians, chapter one, look at verse five. Bible says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So that kingdom of God, it's laid up for you. It is literal. It's real. But where is it laid up for you and I? Not on earth. Anytime you hear about this earthly kingdom, it has to do with the nation, this is something that is laid up for us. It is a literal kingdom, but it is in heaven. The kingdom of, kingdom of God, spiritual, it's within, it's laid up in heaven. And so that's verse number five. Uh, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Now, this gospel is the one that we preach. It's the gospel of the grace of God. We're not preaching Christ is coming to set up a kingdom. We're preaching Christ wants to set up a kingdom in your heart. Get right, get saved, repent, and trust him as your savior. Look at verse number 16. Bible says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers and all things created by were created by him and for him. Uh, Verse number 23. uh, I think is the verse I'm trying to get to. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. This is the gospel of the grace of God, by the way, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Did you read that right? Paul said that when he was alive, the gospel was preached to every creature Which is under heaven. Is that what it says? (laughs) Look at it. Which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Well, that seems to me that Paul and the apostles and the work that was going on there, I mean, I believe what the Bible says. They got it to every creature, (laughs) everybody heard that gospel. Which would tell me when I go to Matthew 24 and I see in verse number 24 when it says, uh, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world. I know it can't be the same gospel. It tells me that, okay, there's two different good news messages that are preached. And I can make that distinction because I see a future shall be into all all the world and a witness unto all nations. And then I see in Colossians 1, well, apparently Paul and the apostles got it out to everybody. Now, have people been born since then that we need to get it out to? They sure have. They sure have. But comparing Colossians 1 with Matthew 24 tells me there's a distinction between what's happening in Matthew and what is being preached by Paul in, Matthew, in Colossians chapter number 1. It went into all the world. Uh, okay, look at verse 6 in Colossians 1. It says, Truth of the Gospel, verse 5, and then it says, Which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it alleth on you since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. We have a command to do the same. But I'm convinced that everybody was living back then, Paul and his team, they got it out to everybody. What's happening in Matthew 24 is going to be a message preached that has to do with a earthly physical kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. Now remember this morning when we went back to Isaiah 52 and we looked at verse 7 and we talked about those good tidings and those messengers. Okay, well let's piggyback that thought with Revelation 14. Because something is going to be declared... An angel is going to declare some truths right before Christ comes back to set up his kingdom. When he declares those truths, it's going to be that judgment's coming. And in Revelation chapter 14, watch what it says in verse number 6 And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, this is what this angel is going to preach, and this is what the everlasting gospel is. Fear God, and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, Because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and then the third angel. (laughs) But this everlasting gospel is Christ is about to show up and set up his kingdom. It's right before he comes back and that's when he's going to set up his millennial kingdom. Before he sets his millennial kingdom up That nation of Israel, remember we went through this a few weeks ago, they're going to be saved in a day. They're finally going to turn to him, look upon whom they have pierced. They're going to call out to him. They're finally going to trust God. And then this everlasting gospel by this angel is going to be preached. And then Christ is going to set up his earthly kingdom. It's an announcement that Daniel's 70th week is ending. And the king will be arriving. (laughs) Yeah, and we're coming with him. And it's a blessing for those who receive the gospel of the kingdom. Now, that kingdom of heaven gospel, it's a focus on Israel. It's a focus with Christ being king. And it's a focus on earthly, a literal earthly physical kingdom. In contrast to the kingdom of God, the focus is Christ as Savior. It's the bride of Christ. The focus is on a church, not a nation. And it's an invisible kingdom. It's within and it's in heaven. It's in heavenly places. So we have to understand those nations because, or, or those two different gospels, because one is put aside and it's for a future day, and one is what we're preaching right now. Now, all that's going on in Israel right now, if you haven't already heard, go to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Because every time something like this happens, uh, anything concerning Israel, everybody goes to Ezekiel 37. Uh, And they always point to that Ezekiel 37 is when they, they say that this prophecy was fulfilled in 1948 when Israel became a nation. And say, let's say, we'll go to Ezekiel 37, and this, is, this was fulfilled. Now, we're going to go through this chapter, and we're going to see if that makes sense. Uh, first, look at verse number 21 in Ezekiel 37. Bible says, And they say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land and you see in 1948 Israel became a nation and so they'll point to Ezekiel 37 verse 21 and say okay that's the verse that tells us that that prophecy came to pass because well Israel did become a nation again (laughs) but according to what is the question and you, you may already know the answer but I'll hold it until the end to get some truth and see if we can meet some of this out Let's start reading Ezekiel 37, verse number 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there were very many in the open valley, and, lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word. Of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, of these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Verse 5 tells us that God's breath is going to enter into that nation and they're finally going to live. Do you think Israel's been living for the Lord because God breathed spiritual life in them since 1948? I don't. I don't. This is God breathing spiritual life into a nation. This is what the whole passage prophetically is about. The nation finally is going to have spiritual life. Uh, And I I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. It doesn't look like to me that they know he's the Lord so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone it was bone and when I beheld lo the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them and right now nationally they don't have any spiritual breath or life in them they don't this has to do with being a spiritual nation, coming to life spiritually as a nation. And it says in verse 9, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. That they may live. Have spiritual life. That's what this prophecy is about. Look at verse Go all the way down to 14. And shall put my what in you? Spirit. The nation is going to get spiritual life. And ye shall live. How? Spiritually. He's going to put his spirit in them. And I shall place you in your own land. Then ye shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. This is a future day that has not yet happened. It is going to happen. They are, that remnant is going to be saved and they are going to get the breath of God and they are going to have their land. But it didn't happen in 1948. Something happened in 1948, but it wasn't a fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. I don't believe it was. Look at verse 22. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel And one king shall be king to them all. And they shall no more be two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. There's so much mess going on there. Christ ain't their king. That one king is going to be Christ. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols nor with the detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people and I will be their God. This is why we got to bring the gospel to everybody. But that nation isn't cleansed of idols. It, it, It hasn't happened yet. They're still defiled. They still need cleansing. In 70 AD, yes, they were scattered. In 1948, yes, they became a nation again. But not according to Bible prophecy, not according to God, they became a nation based upon an agreement with the United Nations. What is that? You can make an application of God's providential hand in that. Sure, um, amen, I'm with you. But that was a kingdoms of this world coming together and making an agreement. It was an earthly deal. It was a political deal with the United Nations. God's going to protect Israel, whether, you, whether you, the United Nations exists or doesn't exist. God said that nation is elect, and there ain't nothing you can do to stop what I'm about to do. You can't stop God's plan. He is going to save that people, and they are going to get life, and that remnant will be saved. So, Hamas attacking, and it's a whole mess over there. What do we do? We pray for Israel. What else do we see in Matthew 24? Wars, rumors of wars and so why did I go about this gospel of the kingdom of heaven versus the gospel of the grace of God why did I go through that because if we don't preach a kingdom gospel yet when something happens in Israel everybody goes to Matthew 24 and says see here wars and rumors of wars folks There's been wars and rumors of wars since Adam and Eve. There's always been a war. Cain versus Abel. I mean, Satan trying to beat the kingdoms. and There's always been this stuff going on. Matthew 24, he's talking about some specific wars and rumors of wars that is going to happen at a timeline when the church is caught up and out of here. Then, it's physical stuff we're looking at but you don't have to be concerned well people say well the lord's just getting closer because there's now a war in israel he's he's closer cuz it's the next day <laughs> but it's not like paul i'm i'm getting i'm getting too fired up here let's go to second timothy 3 so we can read it second timothy 3 and then we'll close out with this thought And get Matthew 24. Let me just get something straight here. Matthew 24. um, Matthew 24 and 2 Timothy 3. Um, uh, Okay, Uh, verse number 3 Matthew 24. At the end of the verse, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? It's the end times. Okay, great, it is. But who, are, who, what are these end times for? It's for the nation. Look at verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. You be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. There's never been as many earthquakes now. And there's never been more wars. It's only because we've got 15 different social media outlets where we can get news from all over the world. How do we know? We just didn't get all the news like we can today. There's always been wars going on. But when the church is caught out, you think now's bad? When the church is caught out, these wars and earthquakes and the cataclysmic events that will be happening will not be anything that we will see during this day. When we are called out and there's no Holy Ghost walking around in believers, it is going to be absolutely wicked deception and absolute cataclysmic events like have never been seen before. It's going to be the last days of Israel and it all has to do with earthly, physical, cataclysmic events. But when something happens in Israel, or a war breaks out, or an earthquake happens in California, or some fish end up in the Euphrates River, everybody thinks, oh, no, you're looking at earthly things, and that's what is going to happen in Matthew 24, because Israel's an earthly kingdom, and God's going to deal with that nation on things that, on signs, because that's what they require, cataclysmic signs. Go to Matthew uh, 1 Timothy 3. Or no, not 1 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Not talking about bishops. Um, (laughs) it, It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus are what type of epistle? Pastoral epistles. That would be for the church. That would mean that contextually, that would tell me that there's some last days for the church. And let's see if those last days for the church line up with the end times and the last days for the nation of Israel, which we read about in Matthew 24. Let's see if they line up or let's see if they're different things. Verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Of such, turn away. Does it say last days? And does it say there's some last days that includes those things in Math in First Second Timothy three? Who is that for? Us. Husbands, when your wives ask you, why does this child keep being disobedient to me? Have her read this chapter. Wives, when your husbands say, I'm so frustrated, he just will not listen, he is so disobedient. Wives, have your husband read this chapter. when people are fighting and bickering because of pride, you know what that is? This chapter. Lovers of their own selves. What is the distinctive difference between the last days of the church and the last days of Israel? One is physical, and cataclysmic earthly events that are going to happen that you can see why Jews require a sign how do we know that we are in the last days of the church right now the church age the age of the grace of God the time of the Gentiles how do we know that we're in those last days not because an earthquake happened but because Paul said in the last days perilous times shall come and this is what is going to be your thermometer. Are we closer to the Lord rapturing us out of here? We are. Why? Because it's now. (laughs) And it's now a minute later. And Paul was anticipating the coming of the Lord in his day. And we seem to wait until this news blurb comes up, and then we say, man, the Lord must be close. Well, if the news blurb didn't happen, why aren't you waking up saying, the Lord must be close? We are supposed to anticipate and long for his coming, not because we see cataclysmic events, but because he told us that the last days of the church, this is what's going to happen. Here, there, or in the air. And it compels us to live for the Lord. That's the saying you guys say. People used to say that all the time. I'll see you here, there, in the air. That You don't want the Lord to catch you out of here and you ended up being ashamed because you were down at hooligans and you shouldn't have been there on thirsty Thursdays when you should have been in midweek service. Why should I live right? Because the Lord could come back. Why shouldn't I be prideful and and, and disobedient to my parents, and heady, and high-minded, and just love pleasure. Why? Because the Lord could come back. That's why. You don't want to have the Lord catch you in the act of doing something you ought not want to do. Or He would. All, he He wouldn't have you to do. Anybody want a reward from the Lord? You want a high five, like a a, a slap on the back. Hey, good job, faithful servant. I don't want to be ashamed. Everybody's going to be judged. We're not going to the white throne judgment, but we're going to the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to be judged based on our works, and we're going to either receive rewards or not receive rewards. And you can say, look, I'm fine being in the nosebleed section out in the balcony somewhere. Fine. If that's, a, But I'm telling you, God expects us to live for Him. And when we live for Him, It's a way of showing we're anticipating his return. Why? Because you turn, okay, you just turn on the news and you find out, oh, this team's playing next Sunday during church time. So I'm gonna anticipate my whole week. I can't wait. I'm thinking about this. I'm living for this. I can't wait. Oh, it happened. And God says, if you had your eyes on me, you would anticipate my return like that. Why don't you live your life this week like the Lord's coming back instead of waiting until somebody attacks Israel to say, well, the Lord's coming back. The Lord's coming back! (laughs) And he's coming back on his timeline, not what the news is feeding out to us. (laughs) So what I want to leave you with don't get the gospels confused the kingdom of heaven that gospel was preached by jesus the apostles john the baptist it was set aside and that kingdom gospel will be come back into play when god starts dealing with his nation after the church is raptured out at the conclusion of daniel's 70th week there will be an everlasting gospel that will be proclaimed by an angel revelation 14 heralding in the king, judgments is coming. (laughs) But until that time, we are told to preach the gospel of the grace of God. And we are tried to witness to every Jew that we can. And when somebody wants to talk about last days, remember there's two of them. 2 Timothy 3 tells the last days concerning the church age. There's 70 weeks of prophecy, the 69th week of prophecy was prophecy was fulfilled at the cross of Calvary. There's one more week of prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. But now God has stopped the clock dealing with that nation and he has put us in the times of the Gentiles and he said, "During this time, we are looking for individuals. I will come back and deal with that nation. You will do what I told you to do and you will focus on individual souls." And it's called the times of the Gentiles and we preach the grace of God. That's the gospel that we are called to preach. So everything that's going on, pray for Israel. Side with Israel. Witness to individuals who say that they're Jewish. They need the Messiah as Savior. Point them to that Messiah.